Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. Welcome to Think Like a Champion. This is our weekly podcast where we are discussing the mindsets of champions, championship thinking. Thinking like a champion is exactly what what it is. We are champions. God has made us more than conquerors, the Bible says. There's so many places in scripture that talks about victory, that when you think about David and Goliath, you think about a champion, uh, David upsetting the champion, the underdog upsetting the champion Goliath and winning the victory for himself and for his family and for his entire nation and the world for that matter, really. And so championship thinking is God's idea. Uh, thinking like a champion is God's idea. It's not Michael Jordan's idea, although he did think like a champion in his sport. It's not Tiger Woods' idea, although he did think like a champion in his sport. But thinking like a champion is God's idea. And, you know, in order to think like a champion, you got to start out with the right mindsets. And we've been talking about the mindsets of a champion. What are those mindsets? This is our ninth episode of this podcast. And in one of the episodes, I focused on five characteristics of how a champion thinks. And I'm going to drill down on one of those that I really am really excited about talking to you about. We'll get to that in a moment. But the most important aspect of a champion is their mindset. And once you get your mind set in the right temperature, the right direction, I think of like uh, mindsets are like the thermostat in your house, right? In, if, in your apartment, if you're in a hotel room, if you're in a home, there's a thermostat that you set where you want the temperature to be. So you set the thermostat on that temperature, either higher or lower, and then everything in the mechanical equipment room of that apartment or that home rises or falls to the level that the thermostat is set at. And so when you think about a thermostat rather than a thermometer, a thermometer just reads the temperature and tells you what it is. The thermostat sets the temperature and demands everything rise to the temperature that it sets at. And so I really want to encourage you to see yourself as a thermostat, not a thermometer. Most people in life are victims because they see themselves as thermometers. They're just reading the temperature. They're reading the feeling. They're, they're not setting the temperature and then letting their life rise up to meet it. They're literally just looking at the temperature and saying, well, because I'm having a good day, then it's going to be good. If I'm having a bad day, it's going to be bad. And they're not, they're just reacting to what it already is rather than transforming what it already is. And so as you begin to think like a champion, I want to coach you, encourage you. I believe the word of God is the best playbook that you can ever have. Thinking like a champion was God's idea. And I believe you're going to be unstoppable in the days ahead. Now, if you're not subscribed, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search Gregory Dickow wherever you listen and hit subscribe so you can catch every single episode as it releases. You can also subscribe to the Gregory Dickow YouTube channel if you want to watch these on video. And always, I want to invite you to partner with me in helping us move this mission forward. We need more champions in this world. We need more people who think this way to 
because when you think this way, it affects everybody else in a positive way. You're, you're created by God to win in life. And if, if victory is on your agenda, then you're in the right place because this is what we expect victory in our lives. But help us move forward. Help us move the mission forward. Your gift of any amount is a donation. It's tax deductible donation to a nonprofit organization. And I want to encourage you to, to make the best gift you can. I want to do everything I can to bring you value through the word of God, through the spirit of wisdom, from the years of experience that I've gotten my butt kicked by life over and over again. I got some, I've learned some things along the way. I want to give those to you. If you feel this adds value to you in every way, consider partnering with me and help more people experience this kind of life of victory. You can partner with me at lifechangerschurch.com slash give. And I thank you in advance. I also want to mention that um, yesterday our book was released, Soul Cure. And what this book is all about is really healing the pain in our lives and finding the purpose that God has for our lives. So I welcome you to get this. I spent about three years writing this book. So I'm putting myself out there now, right? Because now if it's not great, then you're going to go, you spent three years doing that for that? What? But uh, I think you'll see the quality of this book and you can see on the screen a place you can go, soulcurebook.com. You can get a copy of it or get it for a friend. Uh, if you ask me in a, in a sentence what this book will do in a person's life is it will literally give them the roadmap to emotional health, spiritual, emotional health, mental strength. Um, it'll heal. It'll heal, heal you where you're hurting and it will catapult you into your life purpose. So get a copy of this. You can't really find your purpose until you deal with your pain. And a lot of people don't deal with their pain. They push it down. They pretend it's not there. You know, Jesus actually there's a place in the Bible where Jesus said, what's your name? You know, to the man that was demon possessed. He said, what's your name? He literally asked his name because you, you have to name something if you want to deal with it. You have to name your pain. You have to be willing to admit it, face it, master it. And then you will find your purpose in the fact that you master your pain. It will usher you into your purpose and you'll help others master their pain and Jabez is a perfect example in the Bible who said he was he was in pain in his life. His name was pain. His mother gave him the name pain. He said, this is your name, Jabez, pain, because you brought me pain. But when I gave birth to you, so his life, he went to God and he said, God, bless me indeed. Deliver me from this pain. I don't want to cause. I don't want to feel the pain. I want to cause pain. And God answered him and God gave him a real purpose for life. And God wants to give you that. He already has given you that. It's just time to discover it now. So let's dive into the content for today and get, get your copy of Soul Cure for yourself or for anybody else. And um, it'll really be a blessing. I believe it. And um, champions bring others with them. The reason why I'm doing this podcast is because I want to bring you with me where I'm going, where I'm experiencing wins. I want to bring you with me where I'm experiencing losses. I'm not bringing you there. I don't want to take, I don't want to bring myself there, but I don't want to bring you there either. But in the areas where I'm having 
wins, I want to bring you with me. And champions bring others with them. The thing that you see the great champions, other than in a solo sport like, like golf, but where you see great champions in any sport or any um, team competition is the best, the best champions, the best winners, the greatest winners are those that brought others with them, that they didn't try to have all the fame or the fortune, but they brought others with them. Champions bring others with them. And when you start seeing yourself as a champion, you want to share that with others. You want other people to experience that as well. And there's an amazing passage of scripture in the Bible I want to reference on this podcast in Genesis chapter 39, because I want to talk about how champions bring others with them. And you'll see how powerful this is when you see it in the context of a man who was sold into slavery. Joseph was uh, one of the 12 sons of Jacob. And Joseph, uh, his, son, his brothers were jealous of him because his father gave him the coat of many colors. And you know the story behind that. And they threw him in a pit to t teach him a lesson. But they ended up selling him into slavery and betraying him. He's a, he's a type and shadow of Jesus in some ways, really. We see Joseph being thrown into a pit. Jesus went into the pit. You know, we see Joseph betrayed by his brothers. Jesus was betrayed by his brothers. We see Joseph rising from the dead, so to speak, because Jesus rose from the dead. So it's a real picture of Jesus, but it's also a picture of us as we can rise from any death, anything that is dead in our lives, anything that they buried us and they thought it was over. You know, have you ever felt like you've just been buried? Well, good news is you weren't, you, you might feel buried, but you were really planted. And when you're planted, you're going to grow. And so they might think they buried you, but they really planted you and the seed that's in you, the greatness that's in you is going to rise up and fight through all the things that uh, have been covering you, like the seed that breaks through the concrete. So nothing can stop the, the, the seed from emerging when it's planted in good soil. So, um, but this, this young man was, was sold into slavery by his brothers. It was, wasn't his enemies, it was his brothers, it was his family. And there's something very powerful when they sold him into, uh, as a slave to Potiphar, it says in Genesis 39, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. He'd been brought down. Now, we're not going down, we're going up. But sometimes the way up is down first. First, sometimes you got to go down before you go up. And it says that Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. Now, notice what he says in the next verse in verse two. It says, now the Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man. So now we have a guy who was betrayed by his brothers, thrown in a pit, and it says here that no matter how far down he was brought, it says, now the Lord was with him and he became a successful man. Now I want you to think about that. Joseph at this point is a slave, right? And yet the Lord is with him. And what does the Bible say? he was a successful man. Notice that success wasn't a thing that Joseph had. Success was a person. Joseph was. 
And why was he a successful man? It says another translation says he was a prosperous man. You could say he was a victorious man, a successful man, a wealthy man, a triumphant man. You can put a lot of those adjectives to this, that he was a successful man because the Lord was with him. See, it doesn't focus on what Joseph had because at the time he had nothing. He, everything he had, his coat, his relationships, his family, his job, his bed, all of that was gone. And yet the Bible calls him a successful man. Isn't it interesting that he's never called a successful man when he was his brother's boss? He's never called a successful man when he had the coat of many colors from his father. He was never called a successful and prosperous man until he's lost everything. Now he has everything's been taken from him and we see God referring to him as a prosperous, successful man. Wow. Success isn't what you have. It's who you are. It's an identity. Recently, I was traveling and speaking in other, you know, speaking overseas at some organizations and some churches. And one of the um, discussions that I began to have with some of the leaders that I was encouraging was, about identity and how believing in who you are and understanding who you are is the secret to everything in life. And it's the, in other words, as you see, what you see is what you'll be. When you see yourself as a victorious person, when you see yourself as a champion, when you see yourself and think of yourself as the head and not the tail, like the Bible says, more than a conqueror, blessed coming in and blessed going out. All these descriptions of you, descriptions of me in the Bible, sometimes we associate these descriptions with some of the guys and he, some of the heroes in the Bible we don't realize. He's talking about us too. He's talking about believers. He's talking about anybody who invites God into their life, anybody who invites Jesus into their life is more than a conqueror. And so we were having this discussion about identity and one of, the, one of them said, you know what, we have a relative that was very rich in their country that they grew up in and they were, in this, the, she was describing, he, this man was describing his grandmother, his wife's grandmother actually, and he was saying that she was rich in her country where she came from and they took, the government took everything she had, so she moved to this new country and she still acted like she had maids and servants. She still acted like she had houses and cars and boats and properties. She still acted like she was wealthy because she saw herself that way. That even when everything was taken from her, she lived and viewed her life as a successful, prosperous woman. And it really struck me that after everything was taken from her, she could have been bitter. She could have you know, found a way to retaliate. She could, she could have done a number of things, but what she did was she kept her dignity and believed that she was still royalty. She believed she was still wealthy. I'm not saying that we should pretend to be something that we're not. What I'm saying is you can take away everything that that woman had, but she still saw, her, saw herself as a wealthy, successful, prosperous person. And this is how, this is who Joseph was. 
that God said about him, he's a prosperous man, prosperous man, even though he didn't own a thing at the time. And the focus is not on what he had. The focus was on what he was. That's a championship identity, which leads to a championship destiny. And so when, if I could get this across to you that it says God was with him. And when they took Joseph down, God brought Joseph up. When they demoted Joseph, God promoted Joseph. When they tried to kill Joseph, God truly gave Joseph a new life. When they betrayed their brother, God gave Joseph another family and his family was the Pharaoh, like the, the king of the world at the time, right? The, the, the person who could control the entire world became Joseph's family in a sense. And Joseph rose in prominence and he rose in success and he rose because of his identity. He knew God was with him and God brought him up. And I really encourage you that notice that God is bringing Joseph with him. God is bringing Joseph into success. God is bringing Joseph into this prosperous life with him because God was with him. Champions bring others with them. And the Lord was with Joseph. God brought Joseph with him. And then Joseph brought his brothers with him eventually. He didn't, he could have killed them. He could have done anything to them, but what did he do? He elevated them. He brought them with him. Come live with me. Come stay with me. Once he revealed himself to his brothers, after he became the most successful man in the world, he brought his brothers and he brought all of his family to live with him and to prosper and to succeed and to find a new land and to find new promises and new harvests and new, just a new outlook. Joseph did all that because the Lord was with him and God brought Joseph up with him and then Joseph brought others up with him. So why was Joseph a successful man? Why was he a champion? Because God was with him. God brought Joseph into a life and a mindset of victory. And then Joseph brought others with him. Champions are not afraid to share their success. In fact, the more you elevate others, the further you go in your life, the further you will advance in life. I, I just couldn't help but to just do a quick review of some of the verses because I kept thinking about how Jesus brought his disciples with him. So I looked up a few places and in Matthew chapter 17, verse one, it says, now after six days, Jesus took Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Jesus took them with him and led them up. I love that. He took them with him and he led them up. God is showing us a pattern here. Jesus takes his disciples with him and takes them up. In Mark chapter nine, verse 27, it says, Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose, this man that was lame. He lift, Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up and he arose. Luke nine forty-seven. and Jesus perceiving the thought of their heart, took a little child and set him by him. Notice what Jesus has done in each of these instances. In the first instance, he takes these three disciples, Peter, James, and John, he takes them up with him. In the second instance, he takes a sick man, a lame man by the hand and lifts him up with him. And in the third instance, uh, 
Jesus takes a little child and sets the little child right next to him. And he shows us that champions bring others with them. Jesus is the greatest champion of all. And he's he's bringing Peter, James and John up with him. He's bringing this man who was lame. He brings him up and then this child he brings up and puts him next to him and makes him a part of his blessing. I, I really hope you're seeing this pattern in Acts chapter nine, verse 27. It says, but Barnabas took Paul. See, Paul had become a converted to Christianity. He was a, a Jewish man, a Pharisee, and we knew him as Saul and he became Paul. God gave him a new name, gave him a new purpose when he got converted. But they didn't believe him because he used to threaten the Christians. He used to kill, be a part of their death. He was celebrated the death of Christ, the murder of Christians. And God got a hold of him and he got saved and he was converted. But nobody really believed he was had such a bad reputation as a evil man against Christianity that now he starts preaching for Christianity and they didn't believe him. But it says that Barnabas believed in him because in Acts chapter nine, verse 27, Barnabas took him, took Paul and brought him to the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that the, he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. See, Jesus isn't the only one who takes us and brings us up. In this case, Barnabas took Paul and brought him up to the apostles. Barnabas was not afraid to share the wins. Barnabas was not afraid to share the power or share the position or share the influence or the success. In fact, Barnabas becomes sort of a background character in the book of Acts later, and Paul becomes the primary character in the book of Acts. And we see Barnabas not having a problem with that, Barnabas isn't mad about that. Barnabas isn't striking out at Paul. Barnabas elevated Paul and God used Barnabas and every success Paul had, I believe is credited also to Barnabas because Barnabas was the one that believed in him when nobody believed in him. Man, we gotta believe in people when nobody believes in them. We gotta thank God for the people that believe in us when nobody believes in us. Thank God for Jesus believing in us when we don't even believe in ourselves sometimes. Champions take others with them. Champions bring others with them. Boy, when you see this, it's going to change your life. That if you see yourself as a champion of others, like let's pause for a moment. Jesus is championing Peter and James and John. Jesus is championing, championing this child. Jesus is championing this sick man. He gets behind them and he is a part of their success. He brings them up with him. He's championing them. He's making them champions. His victory is in them winning. His goal is in them winning. And Barnabas's goal is in Paul winning here. Barnabas's goal is seeing Paul being able to have an opportunity to, to redeem himself and to have a new beginning and have somebody believe in him after all the bad things that he had done. When you see yourself as a champion of others, don't just see yourself as a champion of your own life, but see yourself as a champion of others, that you are rallying around others to see, help them win, 
The Bible talks about praying for others, encouraging others, strengthening others, leading others, serving others, covering others, blessing others. I mean, you think about all the places in the Bible where God is really calling us to be champions of each other and championing your I'm here to champion your victory. I'm here to help champion you and get behind you and support you. When, when you hear somebody championing the cause against cancer, they're championing this campaign against this disease or against this thing or for or in this cause for this positive thing outcome. You know, it's championing a cause. We need to see ourselves as championing people. And if I can put it to you this way, like in order to be in order to champion others, you've got to silence the defeated mindsets that are speaking to you. I learned over the years in learning the hard way in many cases that positive energy has to overcome the negative voices that I hear in my head. I hear negative voices in my head, but I have to overcome those. I have to champion the, the, the victorious thoughts. I'm getting behind the victorious thoughts. I'm getting behind my Christ grace purchased identity. I'm getting behind the identity of who I really am and I'm championing that to myself and then championing that to you. If you want to experience victory, you have to start listening to the right voices and silencing the voices that are telling you that you're limited and telling you that you can't make it and telling you that you're defeated. If you want to experience victory, you got to feed your faith and starve your doubts. You have to feed positivity in your soul and starve negativity. You have to feed your dreams and starve your nightmares. You have to feed your peace and starve your anxiety. How do you do that? How do you feed your peace? How do you feed your dreams? How do you feed your victory? How do you feed positive energy into your soul? You have to open your mouth. The way that you feed yourself physically is you have to open your mouth so food can go in. But the way you feed yourself emotionally and you feed yourself victoriously is you have to open your mouth so the so that the good words come out to feed ourselves physically. We open our mouth and we digest the good food to feed ourselves spiritually, emotionally and victoriously. We have to feed. We have to open our mouth and speak forth victorious mindsets. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. I believe that I am a successful man, a successful woman. God says I am, therefore I am. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. You see, a champion can overcome, as we started at the beginning of this podcast, talking about Joseph. He was put, thrown down. He was taken down by his brothers, but he was brought up by God. And God championed Joseph's destiny. And Joseph had dreams and interpreted dreams. And I want you to feed your dreams. Starve your nightmares. You have this fear that something bad's going to happen. Starve that fear by feeding the dream that you have of something good happening in your life. Feed it by speaking over it. Write down what what is the dream that you have and start declaring it as if it exists now. 
The Bible talks about something where God calls those things that be not as though they already were. You have to write down the declaration of what you think you are and what you think you can experience in your life. And you have to begin to speak it out and declare it and use faith energy to starve negativity and an identity of defeat and identity of defeatism and start feeding that identity of being a champion and then championing others and bringing others up with you. Speak words of victory. Speak words of God's promises. Speak words of life and you will see life all around. I want to pray for you as we close this podcast, but I want to thank you for joining me on Think Like a Champion. And I want to pray for you because it's a mindset shift. It's an identity. We have an identity crisis in our world right now. The identity crisis is nobody knows who they really are. And we're not going to let anybody else tell us who we are until we first listen to who God says we are. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are more than a conqueror because of God's love for you. You start seeing yourself that way, start talking that way, and you'll see those things start showing up in your life. Father, I thank you that every person that's in the sound of my voice, that you will alert them, get their attention, interrupt their previous ways of looking at themselves and reveal to them the champion within them, reveal to them the more than a conqueror within them, reveal to them that they are the head, not the tail above and not beneath. And, it's, and Lord, I pray for a revelation of their true identity as sons and daughters of God in Jesus name. All right. Amen to that. Thanks for joining me. I hope this encourages you. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share this with someone. If you got something out of this, invite others to be a part of this journey with us and join me and our Life Changers family for church on Sunday. I got a word for you and I can't wait to see you next time right here on Think Like a Champion. God bless.